Hello, and welcome to the May 19th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on additional privatization developments in Angola, rail sector improvements in Cameroon, the African Green Bank Initiative, Adapt for Nature Swap in Gabon, a new private investment law in Mozambique, parliamentary elections in Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Diana, over to you. We start this week's episode with news from Angola, where the government has expanded its privatization program ProPriv until 2026, with 73 additional assets and companies to be privatized. The 2023-2026 privatization program provides for the privatization of state-owned companies and assets as well as companies where the state has direct and indirect shareholdings, regardless of being a majority or minority shareholder. The program will target the privatization of companies within the sectors of mineral resources and oil and gas, telecommunications and IT, banking, insurance and capital markets, transportation, tourism and industry in general. These include national reference companies, Sonangal subsidiaries and assets and several industrial units located in the Luanda-Bango Special Economic Zone. Besides adjusting the privatization program schedule, the 2023-2026 ProPriv also includes a roadmap detailing the steps and procedures to be followed for each type of privatization procedure, from public tenders to limited tenders by prior qualification to public offerings. According to a report by the African Energy Consultancy, Angola's growing oil and gas industry has the potential to meet growing regional energy demand, with the country holding some 27 trillion cubic feet of natural gas and 7.8 billion barrels of oil reserves, and with Sub-Saharan Africa representing one of the lowest energy access rates in the world, developments in Angola's downstream sector promise new opportunities for advances in energy security, socioeconomic growth, and industry. Industrialization. The institution also said that by modernizing and expanding existing downstream facilities, as well as building new refining capacity, Angola is well positioned to become the main source of oil products in the region. In fact, a monthly oil market report of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries showed that Angola is now the top African crude oil producer, having once again overtaken Nigeria. The National Oil, Gas and Biofuel Agency, Total Energy ZP Angola, and Sonengol Pshkize Brutsel have signed a heads of agreement related to the future development of the Kamaya and Golfino fields located on blocks 20 and 21 in the Kwanzaa Basin. Valued at around 5 billion US dollars, the Kwanzaa Basin Development Project, located around 150 kilometers southwest of Luanda, will include an FPSO. Total Energy 7th in Angola, anchored at a depth of 1,700 meters of water and linked to an underwater production network. While hosting the Angolan delegation led by the Minister of Economy and Planning, the Executive President for International Affairs of the German Chamber of Commerce and Industry stated that German entrepreneurs have placed Angola on their investment route. German entrepreneurs believe that Angola is a growing economy with an abundance of natural resources and therefore an ideal partner for the extraction of raw materials. 
Meanwhile, the European Union is providing 140 million US dollars to support Cape Verde in investing in renewable energies and improving port infrastructures. The information was provided by the European Union ambassador to Cape Verde at the end of the second international partner conference organized by the government. This aid will be provided within the scope of the European Global Gateway Initiative, which aims to support African partner countries in their post-COVID-19 economic recovery in areas that coincide with the European agenda, such as energy transformation, energy transition, digital transformation, and improved connectivity. In Cameroon, the government and the French Development Agency are expected to sign a loan agreement for a sum of nearly 110 billion CFA francs in July 2023 for the implementation of the 330-kilometer railway renewal project between the towns of Balabo and Gandere. The upcoming track renewal works are expected to be the second major project in the railway sector in the country in the last 30 years, after the renewal of 175 kilometers of track between Bachenga and Kaan. A third major project is expected in the coming years with an investment of 212.7 billion CFA francs. It involves the rehabilitation of the railway between Douala and Yamde, the country's two main cities, and the modernization of the railway between Douala and Gandere. This project is part of the overall plan to improve road and rail infrastructure on the Douala N'Djamena corridor in which Cameroon and Chad intend to invest 471.7 billion CFA francs until 2031. The European Investment Bank is providing Côte d'Ivoire with a portfolio of 300 million euros to finance public and private projects, specifically geared towards projects in the energy and drinking water sectors, and intended to support the policy of the Ivorian state. The bank also plans to finance projects in the transport, forest rehabilitation and biodiversity sectors, which constitute priorities for the European Union. Meanwhile, the African Development Bank is establishing the first green finance facilities in Côte d'Ivoire and Benin as part of its revolutionary African Green Bank initiative, launched in November last year, to support the implementation of African countries' national determined contributions. Green banks have a great potential for attracting new sources of catalytic funds when supporting low-carbon climate-resilient development through blending capital and mobilizing local private investment for green investments in Africa. According to Bloomberg, Bank of America has been mandated to arrange a half-billion-dollar package on Gabon's outstanding foreign debt in exchange for investments in projects that impact environmental protection in the country. The deal, which is expected to take place in July, will allow Libreville to reduce its foreign debt by half a billion dollars in return for a commitment to protect the marine environment, home to countless endangered marine species. A debt-for-nature swap is one of the techniques used to provide debt relief to developing countries. Along with longer payment terms, lower interest rates, new credit at low rates, and debt forgiveness. Triton Energy is investing 400 million US dollars in Equatorial Guinea's hydrocarbon sector. The company has been in Equatorial Guinea for several years and continues to praise the country's business climate, while the government has recognized Triton Energy's positive impact on the Equatorial Guinean economy.
in Mozambique, Parliament approved in general and by consensus a new private investment law that aims to promote, facilitate and retain national and foreign private investments in order to make the country more attractive to them. Among the many relevant changes to be brought by the new law is the reinforcement of guarantees and measures to protect investors' property rights and other equitable rights and the non-discrimination between national and foreign investors. Total Energies continues to prepare the resumption of works in the LNG project in Cap Delgado, and efforts are being made to lift the force majeure declared two years ago by the French major. The government is equally eager for the project to resume, as ExxonMobil has recently expressed interest in conducting studies on liquefaction trains at Afungi as part of Ruvuma LNG, which has a capacity of 18 million tons. A new tourism special economic zone may be created in the northern part of Inyambane as a strategy to attract investment and boost the region's socio-economic and tourist development. Taking advantage of the region's incredible tourism potential and investment opportunities along its 700 kilometers of coastline, as well as its rich historical and cultural heritage, the zone would combine beach tourism and nature conservation across the districts of Vilanculo, Inhansoro, Govoro, Masinga and Mabote. In Portugal, studies point to the surge of investment in cybersecurity as this market is the most likely to grow, exceeding 300 million euros. The inevitability of cyber attacks is behind the rise in investment, which will focus on privileged access management software, managed security services, the detection and prevention of intrusion, device vulnerability evaluation software, and sensitive data management and data privacy software. Portugal remains on the radar of international investors and tourism assets are still on the list of the most attractive businesses for foreign capital. Investment in hotels, for instance, should reach 720 million euros by the end of the year. While the investment of traditional partners, the UK and Spain, has remained steady, US investment continues to grow, and not even the end of golden visas has slowed down foreign interest. Democratic Republic of the Congo has become a shareholder of the African Finance Corporation, the continent's leading infrastructure solutions provider, which has also welcomed Benin, Botswana and Somalia. For AFC, the country's equity investments reinforced the company's pan-African shareholder base, which includes governments, development finance institutions and institutional investors. Its investments in the DRC, Benin and Botswana covered the natural resources, transportation, logistics and industrial sectors, with a combined portfolio of 53 million US dollars in these three countries. Over in Timor-Leste, the government pledged to comply with the obligations of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations and has committed to taking the necessary steps to meet the roadmap of the process to become a full member of the organization. The commitment was expressed recently by the country's Prime Minister, Tower Matan Ruwak, who spoke at the association's 42nd summit, where the roadmap for Timor-Leste's full membership was approved. It includes milestones like establishing a diplomatic mission to the association, being able to implement and abide by its agreements, designating national implementing agencies, preparing a financial scheme to meet its obligations, and ensuring it has the physical infrastructure and logistics to host ASEAN meetings. This membership will be crucial to accomplishing a common vision to enhance prosperity, sustainable development, 
and lasting peace in the region and the wider international community. Willing to assist Timor-Leste on this journey is the UK, whose ambassador to Indonesia and Timor-Leste has shown the country's commitment to intensifying the collaboration between the two nations. The diplomat also stated that the UK's support will also focus for now on aspects such as economic development, health and nutrition, and climate adaptation and resilience. Finally, this Sunday, 21st of May, Timor-Leste will go to the polls for the 2023 parliamentary elections, from which will result the country's next government, denied since the restoration of independence in 2002. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Diana Teodoro from our Lisbon office and Luis Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.